Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hey there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. How you doing today? Doing great. It's the middle of the week. It is the middle of the week. It's a great day to be reading the Psalms together. Yep. Psalm 11. Psalm 11. Let's do it. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version today. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked, and the one who loves violence his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain snares. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. Wow. So we've been talking about foundations this week as David has been receiving some information, some counsel, I should say. And we've talked about whether or not the counsel was to flee as a bird to your mountain or flee as a bird to your mountain all the way to if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And yet really, regardless of where you might uh, mark off what is the counsel and what is David's response, the overall response and the overall action is a steadfast trust in God to set out again and mark out again just what the foundations are. And the foundation begins with the understanding there is a God. He is in his temple. He is on his throne on high. And so uh, we build our lives and we make our decisions from that point. But of course, you were saying that um, there's more to it than that. We can break down these foundations and, uh, I guess, inspect different aspects of them uh, as we go along in the psalm. I'm sure, depending on who is reading this psalm and what translation they are reading it from, they could delineate more foundations than I'm seeing this week. Uh, but, but I'm noticing four foundations that David is saying, either one, that he's not going to break, or two, that have not been broken. Not and been so broken. he's going to hang on to them either way. The first one was, as you mentioned a moment ago, that God is in heaven and he sees. The second one, this one's probably kind of shocking. I mean, it's shocking to me. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I want to think of as a foundation, but what David highlights is that one of the foundations is the Lord from heaven with his better perspective tests. Mm-hmm. The Lord tests. And and that's what's happening here. The Lord is testing the righteous. And so if, if somebody is offering this counsel or if David is even struggling internally in his own mind, you know, what can the righteous do? What he's learning is, well, the Lord tests the righteous. He tests to see if they are actually going to obey his will. Are they really going to serve him? So when I'm reading verse 4, It says, his eyelids test the sons of men. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a very broad category because the sons of men would be all people, right? Humanity. Everyone. All right. And then in verse 5, the Lord tests the righteous. Now, right there, I might want to say, well, hang on a second. (laughs) If we're righteous, why does the Lord want to test us? 
I mean, I, I get that we're going to test all men, and maybe that helps us see who the righteous and the wicked are. But even in understanding who the righteous are, um, they don't get a pass? No. And that <laughs> I think that's the key. No, we don't get a pass. In fact, it may well be. So David doesn't get a pass. David doesn't get a pass. In fact, it may well be that what this psalm is demonstrating to us is that not only do the righteous not get a pass, they get special extra attention from God attention. in testing. <laughs> in testing. Um, so, all right, I don't know if you picked up on this, uh-huh. but I was completely shocked as I was reading the New American Standard is that they made an interpretive choice. We've been talking about that a lot this week. <laughs> yeah. They made an interpretive choice poetry. in Psalm 5. So the e, excuse me, Psalm, Psalm 11 oh, okay. verse 5. Yeah, yeah. In Psalm 11 and verse 5, the ESV and I think the New King James, the Lord tests the righteous, yeah. but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the New American Standard again. Pick up what it what okay. it's putting down here. In Psalm 11 verse 5 in the New American Standard, the Lord tests the righteous and the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. Oh. So they have him testing both. And I guess I guess the interpretive choice they've made is that this first line in the couplet goes back to his eyelids test all the sons of men rather yeah. than providing a swing verse. Right. Or a statement that's kind of like a swing between he's testing all to he hates the wicked and the violent. I, I, hmm. I, I don't know Hebrew, so I can't answer this question, but I, I think I like the ESV version better. I think it demonstrates the contrast that David is trying to get at. He tests the righteous, but he despises, abhors the wicked and the violent man. Well, that is one of the challenges of the Hebrew poetry. It's in these couplets, and sometimes it's going to be a couplet to amplify a previous thought and expand upon it. Other times it's going to be a couplet where it wants to contrast the previous thought. So I'm sure there's an argument to be made for either one, and it actually may not be linguistic, yeah. you know, the words on the page so much as what do we think the poet's trying to do here? Well, if the New American Standard assessment of where these phrases go in the sentence is correct, then what you have is God is testing everyone mm-hmm. and those who prove themselves to be violent and wicked, he He despises, he abhors, he does not give blessing to them. Right, he, he casts right. them off and he punishes them. And there's and some so, to that. So we're testing between are mm-hmm. you righteous or are you wicked? If the ESV is right, and, and here's what I find really moving by that, is that then the couplet is a contrast. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in contrast with hating the wicked and the violent is not he loves the righteous, but he tests the righteous. Well, I think we need to camp on that right there because the, I'd way, like to. the way our mind works. Is that testing is not love. Yeah. It's, it's what, what's the opposite of hate? Uh, love, right? Not test. And so if the ESV is right on this, then what we recognize is that testing from God is part of his love. And he does it to the righteous because the testing here Mm -hmm. is not intended to make the righteous fall, but to strengthen and prove and do good to the righteous. So we look at David as certainly a character, a person. Uh, I don't mean character in some fictional way, but a person in these texts who had many trials and testings, Um, whether it was going and facing a giant by the name of Goliath or being chased by King Saul. Um, But I don't know, are are there other people that come to your mind in the Bible that would would fit this mold, fit this idea that the righteous get tested? I'm 
I go back to a passage in Deuteronomy mm. where the Lord is talking about all of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, of course, Deuteronomy is where Moses is repeating the law for Israel. It's the second generation of Israelites because the first generation has died off, and right. now the second generation is going to go into the promised land. He's repeating the law for them. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, as he's repeating some of what they had experienced, um, let's see here, verse 11, this Deuteronomy eight eleven. take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you've eaten and are full and have built good houses. And he goes on and talks about them possibly turning from the Lord. Verse 14, you forget the Lord who brought you out. Verse 15, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents, who brought you water out of the flinty rock. And then in verse 16, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. So here's this idea of God tests in order to do good Mm -hmm. for his people, for his covenant people. He has done all of these things in order to test. And this idea of testing is order to prove, Mm -hmm. in order to refine, in order to make you better. This is the kind of testing that's not... Uh, let, let's sit down and see how many answers you know, and I'm going to decide whether you get a passing grade or not. This is the kind of testing, like, I'm going to test metal. Mm-hmm. I, and so t- how do you test metal? Well, you, you put it in a crucible and you set it over a fire. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is when you test metal, you're not simply just trying to find out how good the metal is. You will. You will find out what quality the metal is, like the gold or the silver. Right. Right. But what will happen is that the the slag, mm-hmm. the garbage that's in the metal will rise to the top and you can skim it off. Skim it off. Yeah. OK. So the testing does two things at once. It shows the quality, but it also helps improve the quality. Mm. Now, the distinction is, is that with the gold or the silver, yeah. I mean, you know, it can happen every time because the gold and the silver has no choice. But we, when we are tested, when we are thrown in the fire, sometimes we hang on to the slag. God is trying to get the slag to rise to the top so that it can be skimmed off. But but we decide we want to hang on to it and we don't let him. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the foolishness of the counsel here that we've been talking about. The idea is to quit God, save yourself, go to the mountains. God's not responding. Um, in the moment of testing and trial, the temptation is to quit God. Yeah, I want to hang on to my stuff. Yeah. I want to. I want to hang on to. I don't. I don't like this testing. I don't like being proved. If God would make me go through this, He must not either be out there. Or he's not all that loving. And that's why it's a foundation. God tests the righteous, and I and I do want us to see that the contrast is with hating the wicked. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that, I think, tomorrow because of the righteousness of God. I know that's also a shocking part of this statement. But but he tests the righteous because he loves the righteous. So when I look back, we were were talking, uh, was it yesterday's episode or two days ago, you know, about the decade that is 2020? (laughs) Because when people hear this, of course, we're after the election and all that. But just just looking back over this year, um, it, it has been a very challenging year with the pandemic, with the um economy with unrest in the streets i mean just a very very challenging year and in all of these tests and trials 
uh, it really has shown what's going on in people's hearts. And it really has shown what people think and how they choose to speak and interact with one another. It's uh, shown some things, you know, about our government. Um, it's, it's, it's the kind of stuff that obviously uh, all of these sorts of forces are at work and interplay and have been brewing sort of undercover maybe for years. You have a big national crisis and it, it just blows the lid off everything. We see what we got for good or ill. Here's some reality where we are. And so uh, I, I guess I see that same principle, you know, in, in my own life, in my spiritual relationship with God, whether it's my own response to, you know, broader national circumstance and trials, or even my own personal trials and crisis, it's going to show, among other things, where I am with God. I've got one of two choices or options before me in the midst of this crucible. Mm -hmm. I can either allow all of this to be refining. In other words, it's it's pulled the slag to the top. It's shown me where I am impatient, mm -hmm. where I am angry. Mm -hmm. It's shown me where I'm hateful or malicious. It has shown me where I'm sinful or where I'm untrusting. It's shown me these things and, and I can thank God and praise him for it and allow him to remove that from my life and grow and, and pursue holiness. Or mm -hmm. I can I can start getting self-defensive. Mm -hmm. I can argue with people on Facebook about how my way of doing things is absolutely the right way and, and start defending myself. I can start tweeting all the reasons why my approach to everything this year has been the one and the only one right way, in which case the refining fire of God has done me absolutely no good. I'm like that lump of gold that instead of letting him remove the slag is saying, no, 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 no. I want to be fool's gold. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to mm -hmm. be impure. I, that's So those are my choices. I can either let all of this refine me mm -hmm. or I can hang on in self-defense. Mm -hmm. So part of the foundation is understanding that in this life, there is testing. Don't flee from it. Don't flee from it. Learn from it. There's mm -hmm. one thing I, I know we have to say before we wrap up, and I know our time is short here. We all know in James 1 where it says God doesn't tempt. And that word there can also be translated test. So I know we right. can't deal with this topic today without at least making reference to that. We have to understand that the word tempt and the word test, and there's, there's multiple words in the Greek and the Hebrew that use those same ideas, but we have to understand that the same word can be used to mean different things or to have different nuances. Every language has those kinds sure. of words. Sure. And so sometimes when we talk about testing and tempting, we're talking about the idea of I'm putting you to the test or I'm tempting you in order to try to get you to fall. Mm -hmm. I want to prove how bad you are. Yeah. That's how the devil tempts and tests right. us. There's the other side of tempting and testing, which is I want to prove you good. I want to improve you. I want to approve you. I want to put you to the test that will lift you up and grow you. That's how God does it. Mm -hmm. So in James, when it says God doesn't tempt us, that whole context is about trying to get us to sin. Right. God never does anything to try to get us to sin. His testing is all about proving and growing. And of course, what this demonstrates is that the same situation can be used by God and by the devil for opposite opposite goals. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure to let the Lord lead us to growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
We appreciate so much you tuning in for the discussion today from Psalm 11, and we'd love to hear uh, how you're growing in your life. Send us an email about that, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let us pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day. We thank you, Father, for the foundations that we can build our life upon and for this Psalm 11, which opens our eyes to, to take a tour of those foundations. Truly, Father, they they don't fall or falter because you never fail. You are there. You are on your throne. And there may be tests that show us and show you where we are. Thank you, God, for giving us more breath, for being long-suffering and patient with us, for growing us. Father, help us to have the courage to grow and to improve, to be more like Jesus Christ, who died for us and rose again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.